All right, welcome into the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. It is episode 31, Reggie Miller edition. Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2022. Not a whole lot going on in the sports world, which we were kind of disappointed, hoping some more bombshells as far as conference realignment goes. But I was listening today to Pardon My Take, and they had Andy Staples on and talked about how at this is a time where there's a lot of important people in college athletics, higher ups, coaches, athletic directors that are all on vacation right now. So who knows? Things are probably going to start to pick back up again as far as that goes in these upcoming weeks. But the the all-star game rosters were announced for the MLB. Ethan and I are going to be breaking it down today. Grant is not able to join us. So it's just us two today. And then we also are going to, after we're done talking, breaking down the all-star game rosters, we're going to discuss since it is a little bit of a lull news period in the sports world, we're going to discuss our favorite game from our favorite college teams. So Ethan's going to be doing the Gophers. I'll be doing Michigan. So Ethan, the rosters were announced. Who do you think was the biggest snub so far? Or do you think? Um, I, I'm a big Ty France guy. I think he's so underrated on the West coast. Not too many people really even know anything about him, but he's batting over 300. He had a little bit of a low point, but he has over, I think it's like 54 RBIs, 19 homers, 15 homers, something like that. But I, I totally think he should have made it. He even throwing Dylan Cease from the White Sox, had an incredible season so far pitching for them. Um, and honestly, the last one, Emilio Pagan, he's the only reason Cleveland's still in the freaking race right now. Like he should have made it as a Cleveland pitcher. Yeah, it's, and, and it, it gets really spewed, though, mostly because it's all through fans and uh, France who plays out in Seattle, and they're yeah, not having the year they had last year. But They're coming on a, strong now. They've they are. Their, nine out of their 12 or something. But, yeah, they're on the West Coast. No one watches them. No, and, well, all their games happen at 12 o'clock on the eastern side, it seems like, and late, and mm-hmm. most people are going to bed, so – yeah. Unless they're having that 2001 year, they're not really going to get talked about a whole lot. Even last year when they were having their best season and yeah, I don't know how long ago it was, but you know, they never were talked about. They were probably the best team nobody talked about last year, but Twins did get two guys on. Buxton was able to get on and Luis Arias, they'll be subs, but cool to see. Buxton I think would have been in for sure had he been able to uh play. Yeah. all year and play all the games because I think he is the best player in baseball when he's healthy and playing. It, it proves it. Look at the twins record when he's in. Yeah. Another snub I go with Yordan Alvarez. I know he made it, but he should have been a starter. He should have been in the outfield. Yeah. I know they have him as a DH in the, in the actual roster, but he's better than Giancarlo Stanton. He's very, I mean, he hits homers, but he's only batting 230. Alvarez, I want to say he's batting close to 320 or something like that. Just a stupid number. Yeah. And the one, too, that it's just uh, – I, I wouldn't say it was a snub, but it was interesting that he didn't make it was Freddie Freeman, who's having a really good year. But the reason he yeah, didn't make it is because it Paul Paul Goldschmidt's having a heck of a year out in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Him and Aaron out of the, the hot corners there are uh, – they're looking pretty good in, in St. Louis there. Yeah. And we can go over through it. The starters for the AL at 
catcher. It's Alejandro Kirk out of Toronto, first base. Vlad Guerrero Jr., also out of Toronto. Jose Altuve out of Houston, sec- playing starting at second base. And then Rafael Devers from Boston, playing third. Tim Anderson out of the awful White Sox. Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton are going to be playing in the outfield. And then dh for the AL is Shohei Otani, which I'm would be my guess is probably going to be the starting pitcher for them as well. I would assume so now that uh, Cortez has kind of fallen off for the Yankees. Yep. And have the pitching rosters here, maybe. But uh... I got it right here. Okay. Oh, I guess Shane, Shane McClanahan, I, I bet he, he might be starting. He's a heck of a pitcher. Yeah, him too. But the the infielder or the subs is Luis Arise out of Minnesota, Xander Bogarts from Boston, Miguel Cabrera, who is a special selection, which I think that's kind of cool that they give these guys a little bit of a tribute. Yeah. Hopefully, it, I, I hope they just – just add a spot for the roster where that way there's that 25th guy that doesn't feel like he was snubbed. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be people that are feel that they are snubbed, which is unfortunate, but that it happens. And then they also talk when you brought up the like special roster spot, who holds is in the home run derby now. Oh, wow. That is cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And this blew my mind that Miguel Cabrera was only, is only still in his 30s. I thought he was for sure in his 40s, but he's been playing forever. What is he now, 38? 30, yeah, 38 or something like that. I think he came in the league when he was 18, I'm pretty sure, because I remember him getting a hit off Mariano Rivera. Yeah, because he was part of that uh, Marlins roster, that championship team. Yeah. yeah. Let's see here, Miguel Cabrera is... He is 39, and oh, something's going on outside of Ethan. That's two podcasts in a row that there's I know. police sirens going. Well, ambulance today, so someone might be dying. Who knows? Oh, yeah, ambulance. Well, it's whatever. Yeah. But. Uh, Good thing for them. I live across the street from a hospital, yeah. so maybe they'll live. Yeah, well, hopefully. But Schwarber. Schwarber is back. Juan Soto isn't. He's playing. He's not a starter. Yeah, that guy hits bombs. That he does. And then who else is a kind of good one? I like CJ Crone. He's a stud. Starlin never should have traded him. Let him go. Ian Happ from Chicago. Starlin Marte for the Mets. And then the pitchers. Very prepared for this episode. You got Alcantara, and he'll find it. He should be the starter. Alcantara, Bednar from Pittsburgh, Corbin Burns from Milwaukee, Luis Castillo from Cincinnati. Ooh, there's talks heating up that he could be possibly traded to the Dodgers. Saw that today. Edwin Diaz from the Mets, Max Fried from the Braves, Tony Gonsolin from the Dodgers, who's, I don't think he's lost a start yet, has he? I do not believe so, no. Josh Hader. Yeah. Josh Hader from Milwaukee. He's a regular, it seems like, at this point. Ryan Helsey, he gets his first appearance. Clayton Kershaw is back in the All-Star game. That's his ninth appearance overall. Joe Mantipoli out of Arizona. And Joe Musgrove from the Padres. 
That's in the NL. And then... Oh, I gotta go up. The American League is Paul Blackburn from Oakland. Probably the only bright spot for the A's this year. Watch. And then Emmanuel Clace from Cleveland. Jarrett Cole, Ethan's favorite pitcher. Nestor Cortez from the Yankees. Clay Holmes from the Yankees. Jorge Lopez from Baltimore. Alec Manoa, that's, I believe, Blue Jays have, that's three for the Blue Jays this year. Mm-hmm. Shane McClanahan from Tampa. Shohei Otani, which we already said, who's probably going to be pitching and DHing. Martin Perez from Texas. Greg Soto from Detroit. Framber Valdez from Houston. And then rounding out the pitchers is Justin Verlander from Houston. It's his ninth. Who also seems like, when is this guy going to, that guy going to retire? He's never going to get bad. No. He's going to be one of those guys that retires still when he's as good as when he freaking started, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember watching him when I was like a fourth or fifth grader when he was a rookie uh, pitching in the World Series. That freaking Tiger rotation of him, Fister, Scherzer, like Kenny just Rogers. Rogers, like they never even won a freaking title. That's just insane. No, they didn't even win a World Series game. No, they won oh. one. They won one because they that was the Kenny Rogers game against True. Atlanta. That was the year it would have been 06 when the Twins. Yeah, you're right. Clinched the division on the last day. And then we don't have right. to get into that playoffs against the A's. But yeah, you're right. But, no, I saw today on The Athletic, Jorge Lopez was predicted to the Twins in the trade. Him and Ooh. Bautista, which I think that'd be – those are the Orioles' top two guys. So, I mean, hey, yeah. I'm all for it. Get the bullpen help when you can. Yeah, and our guest last week said Jorge Lopez was a possible yeah. possible trade uh, trade accusation. Accusa- accusation. Jeez, can't talk today either. It's a hard the word, Twins. man. I don't blame you. It really no. is. <laughs> yeah, well, after the uh, weekend we I had, it was – Monday, it's still a little, little foggy. Yeah, we like we said played in the Miller Lite tournament, and it did not go like last year. We did not repeat. We scored a total of twenty-eight runs in four games, which last year when we won the tournament, we scored, we outscored. I think the total was one hundred and thirteen to thirty-nine. We just couldn't hit. It was it was awful. It's it was crazy. I've I don't think I've. We've had some rough showings, but it's never been where we just have struggled to hit that bad. I got to, I got, had a play at the plate. The guy was out, but my shin got just destroyed. Kid slid full into my, full into my shin. It's not feel good. I've been there, done no. that, got treated. Not ideal. I still got, still got a market. Still, it was a huge bruise. I think I sent it to the group chat yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a huge. It was huge yesterday. I iced it, and then yeah, it feels a little bit better today. Still a little sore. Hopefully, when we play league again tomorrow, I'll be be ready to roll. But and and it, it it's amazing we didn't play very well because don't tell me you don't want to run through a brick wall after the text I sent to our team before this is the true. night before. Did I send you guys it? I thought you did, or maybe you just sent it to me. But I, I feel like I saw some video that you shared, maybe. Maybe, maybe. but I'll, I'll, I'll share it because sent a picture of a lion with a bloody face after he was just done eating. Fair. So this is this is this is what I what I what I sent our team. Seven forty a.m. tomorrow, our trek 
to repeat as Miller Lite champions starts. Last year was easy. We were hungry. We had that eye of the tiger, the hunger of a lion. However, this year, we're the hunted. Anybody know the best time to kill an alligator? It's right after they eat. Because right after they get satisfied, they eat, they get satisfied to the point they go to a they go to a point where they're almost paralyzed. Let's not be alligators this weekend, gentlemen. The opposite of an alligator is the lion. The reason the lion is at the top of the food chain is because the lion is always hungry. There may be animals bigger and faster than the lion, but nobody is more hungry than the lion. Let's go out there and be lions this weekend. There's nobody I would rather share the battlefield with than you. Let's eat. It's pretty good. And, and th- the worst part is, is this, this is the responses I got. And it was, it, 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 it was funny because I did send this as, as a joke and mm-hmm. just because, but goes, one guy goes, I quit. <laughs> then <laughs> another guy goes, maybe if, if we were up a wreck, I'm going to stay out till two and get shit faced and see what happens tomorrow. Another guy, I'm going to drink. And then this is probably the best. The best response out of all of them. On average, a lion just and just shuts me down, and that was it. On average, a lion sleeps 16 to 20 hours a day. Not exactly a go-getter. Thanks, though, Gress. <laughs> just, Did his just, stats on that one. Yeah, that was a uh, checking mate. And, well, we, we definitely were not lions this weekend. We were more so alligators. But I guess we just got to get the eye of the tiger back like we had – last year and go out there and win it next year. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's uh that was that's kind of my weekend recap. Uh did you do anything exciting this weekend? Um I worked most of it but then went out on Grant's roommate's boat for a little bit Saturday night and hit up Maynard's where some of the finest women in Minnesota are. So that was okay. a good time. Right, there you go. That sounds that sounds exciting. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was a good time. It was perfect weather. Nice. Not rained a little bit that morning, but after that, it was nice. I got a gnarly suntan. I was wearing a cut. I'm sure you did. Yeah, I believe it. But since I'm going to Florida next week, I figure I'll burn this weekend and then just ride it out uh, while I'm down there, fly out Saturday. So do that. And then, yeah, just enjoy the uh, Florida weather and be a Florida man for three, four days, and then... Yeah, you'll get burnt down there, that's for damn sure. Yeah, I've been there, done that, so you get used to it. Still, sunburn's better than working, so... This is true. This is very true. But what's your your favorite game? Okay, yeah, so we'll move over to... We we decided that we were just going to discuss our favorite game from our college team, so... Michigan, and this one is a very easy one for me because it just happened last year. It's Michigan, Ohio State this year. Michigan hadn't beaten them since 2011. Had some close ones, had some ugly ones. But this year there was something about this team that just, they had something about them. They had some grit. They had that hunger, that fight, that eye of the tiger that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And leading up, I, I... or this that entire year, I think after I, the turning point for me was the Wisconsin game when they went into Camp Randall and blew the doors off them in the second half, and 
they had had that hiccup against Michigan State, but they kept finding ways to win. And then I felt even better about that game, Michigan-Ohio State game, was when they went into Happy Valley and beat Penn State after taking the lead, falling behind, then coming back to win on an Eric All with a bum ankle, 53-yard touchdown catch and run, and then getting a stop and then closing the game out, getting first downs by the sledgehammer Hassan Haskins, a.k.a. Ohio State's daddy. Yeah, they beat the living shit out of him. And going in, I, I just – it just was – I felt good, but I also had that same sense of nervousness because there was so much at stake. It was winner goes to Indy to play in the Big Ten Championship. Michigan hadn't beaten them in, since 2011, like I said. And I felt confident, but I was a little – I wasn't sure just because I haven't seen it done. And then Michigan, that first drive – and before that, I, when I was talking with you guys, I said, if Michigan wants to w- have a shot, they have to – they have to. They can't settle for field goals in the red zone. They have to find a ways to put it in the end zone because that's what haunted them the last – Yeah. the last few times is where – Ohio State got touchdowns in the red zone. Michigan settled for field goals. The end, that was the difference. And that's and Michigan has to force Ohio State to kick field goals, just flip the scripts. And Aiden Hutchinson needed four sacks. So this game starts. Michigan gets the ball. They go down right down the field, scores, start great start. And then Michigan kicks off. Ohio State muffs the kickoff and then the first play of the game so they're already way backed up their first play Mm -hmm. of the game they the center for ohio state snaps it short to stroud he has to get down on it so they're back way backed up three and out michigan gets a good punt return which i think is also a very underrated part of that game where michigan dominated ohio state on in special teams especially on their ohio state's kick coverage was terrible michigan Mm -hmm. was able to start on start they I don't think they had a touchback and I think Ohio State did their awful waving their arms back and forward that is in no sync at all it never is it's just like mm-hmm. awful to watch I think it would be cool if they were able to but some things are tough for Ohio State and they've just they're just beating Michigan was one of them last year yeah but then McNamara throws that interception Ohio State gets a little bit of momentum they go down but like I said key to the game Make Ohio State kick field goals. Aiden Hutchinson gets his first sack of the day. Makes him kick a field goal. They kind of exchange possessions. Ohio State goes down and scores, takes the lead 10-7. And it was a great play by, I believe it was Garrett Wilson, who made a catch in the court at the pylon. Just, just an incredible catch. And there's a reason why he was a top five pick in the NFL draft this year. Yeah. It was it was incredible. And then Michigan gets the ball back. And that was a huge point because I've you've seen that in previous games where Michigan was where it was the game was kind of reeling and Michigan would seem to where that was a point where they would just kind of fall apart. But not mm-hmm. this team. They Cade McNamara rebounds from that horrible interception he threw and hits Cornelius Johnson on a deep ball where there was nobody off top, just a one on one win your route. Yeah. Does that gets it down to the one? They Hassan Haskins gets his first touchdown of the day, 14-10 Michigan, and that's right before the end of the half. Ohio State goes down. Michigan gets another sack, 
Another, Aiden Hutchinson's second sack of the day, I believe. Yeah, and on a third down, Ohio State has to kick the field goal right before halftime. It's 14-13. Both teams run into the locker room, and they showed it, and I checked Twitter, and Michigan's just chirping them, and Ohio State's kind of chirping back, but they looked like they wanted nothing to do. It was a beautiful day, too. The snow mm-hmm. was dropping down. It was it, 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 it was, was just a perfect Minnesota. It was great. Yeah. And then halftime comes out. Ohio State gets the ball. Michigan stops them, goes to go. Michigan holds them to three and out. Michigan goes down and scores again. Hassan Haskins gets his second touchdown of the day. They get another stop. Hassan Haskins scores again, gets his third. That was when they had the flea flicker, the couple of big passes. And and that was the unsportsmanlike Ohio State got when the guy, the scumbag, just ripped Roman Wilson's helmet off for no reason. And you just see the entire Michigan O-line running after him in his face like, you don't do that to our, to our guys. It's on now. And after that, Ohio State was able to move the ball. They, But, and the other key was, is Michigan didn't give up big plays. Ohio State was going to make plays because that th- their offense is so good. C.J. Stroud's probably going to be the top pick in the draft. They had two first-round picks in this year's draft in Olave. And they weren't and, even their best receiver. No. No, well, Smith and Jigba is, and he's – Yeah, 100%. But that just shows how good of a team they were. But they didn't let – the big play become a big, big play. Ohio State didn't have the yards after catch that they were used to having like they did against Michigan State the week before. And they just, they they caught it. They made a play. They made Ohio State go down the field and scored. And Ohio State was not used to that. They were used to a couple yards here, a couple yards there, over wow. the top shot play. Michigan limited that. They shut it down. And anytime Michigan got the ball, and it always felt like any time Ohio State scored, it was like, oh, boy, we've seen this movie before with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ohio State scores. Michigan does nothing on offense. But, no, Michigan just keep pounding them and pounding them and pounding them. Yeah. Made them look like a bunch of bunch of little girls who didn't want to be there. Just destroyed them. And I, and I was still nervous the entire game. And I wasn't able to let out a big celebrate. I chewed glass. I've said this before on this podcast, too. I, I chewed glass for four hours watching that game. Just, okay, yeah. hold them, hold them. Nope. Yes. And then I didn't really get that excitement until Ojibo got that sack on third and five. And then fourth and 17, Stroud threw it five yards short. And that was when I finally let out. And I jumped out of my chair and just, yes, they did it. Yeah. And then, I could just feel the, my heart just pounding out of my chest. And it was just after that, you could exhale. I cracked open a couple of beers and then my heart was down to normal. And oh, it was one of the best tasting beers I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, it's a, that was a heck of a game. I was with an Ohio State fan. So it was uh, interesting to see the other side of it. All their playoff aspirations basically gone. Oh. It was it was great. I I probably a good thing. I don't think I could watch it with Ohio State fans because it would just. He's probably lucky like, he wasn't around me. I because it, it he wouldn't have heard the end of it. You messaged him anyway, but I I will know. I so because he was doing he was golfing somewhere down there and he actually congratulated me. So it oh, I yeah. Oh, yeah oh, okay. I, I thought you texted him. Okay, because I was with him. No. That day. No, I'm I'm I'm. 
we're Michigan. We're better than that. We're not a, we're above okay. going out trolling people. You know, we, we act like we've been there before. We don't, you know, we're, we're, we're just better than we're better people. We're better. We, we take the high road where Ohio state takes the low road. We're, that's yeah, just that's not not the type of thing to do. You just don't kick people when they're down. That's and then you get to hear it, and then listening to all the Ohio State excuses of "Oh, it was cold. Oh, we were sick. Oh, yeah. no, you got your ass kicked. Just admit it. Yeah, Go cry. Funny. Oh, the the Ohio the refs were so bad. Oh, poor Ohio. No, not today. We ran you over. You looked like a bunch of little girls. You wanted no part of to, of that game. Ryan Day said or well urban meyer said that you couldn't even go out to dinner if you if you lose to michigan well ryan day i don't know if he has or not but and yeah. then all of a sudden just watching the mass exodus of coaches and then suddenly they're just going to be so much better this year because yeah. they, they got a new coaching staff because they, they they've got all these great recruits on defense but they had them last year in ohio state i will say the not good last year. coordinator is a heck of a hire i'll say that he is you still got it going. He's not, he hasn't been on a big stage yet. Like Ohio state where you lose one game. It's the sky's falling. Mm-hmm. Everything happened. You're, you're just done. So yeah, we'll see. Sure. We'll move on. We'll switch over to your favorite game. Cause I'm actually, I'm actually curious to hear this. Cause I, I, I have no idea which, which game I, this is going to be. I almost went Wisconsin this last fall. Just because it was two out of three, you, you honestly kicked the living shit out of him in the second half. Uh, Wally makes the one-handed pick, rips it away from the Badger, and from there on out, it's basically all Minnesota. But uh, I'm going back to 2019-2020 season when based probably about maybe five people in the world predicted the Gophers were going to beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. Okay. And honestly, it's just looking at the stats, how the hell it was a one-score game is kind of – beyond me we gave him 10 points in the first quarter morgan threw the pick on the first possession we go down get in they get a field goal we go down get a field goal ensuing kickoff they take it back for a touchdown so boom 10-3 just like that 10 points probably should never happen but rest of the game get this gophers outscored them or out uh gained that by 262 yards including 175 yards rushing they averaged 2.2 yards a carry Auburn did the entire game. Gophers averaged almost five. And that was coming off beating Alabama too. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's like, I, and they can say, oh, we didn't have our best defenders and stuff, but you claim you're from the SEC, one guy leaving early to go to the draft, like shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, you're, you're the best of the best. Like one guy ain't going to ruin it. You got, you're out. Uh, possession was 15 minutes for Gophers in favor of them. Like how it took a 73-yard bomb to Tyler Johnson, who had probably one of his best games of his career, that one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. Yep. Might have been the best catch I've ever seen. How he did that, I mean, he didn't get two feet in. He got one. That's good enough in, the, in college, obviously. That's all you need. So, but uh, Morgan was efficient that day. I think he had like 19 to 29 for almost 300. Threw the pick on the first possession, then he bounced back really well after that. Gophers pulled out a few trick plays. They did the – uh, Seth Green had the touchdown, the one-yard pass, and then at the end, they had was it a fullback? I don't think it was a fullback pass. I think it was a pass by Morgan, but it was a just the lollipop over the top on fourth down that, the that jump sealed pass. the game. Yeah, Tim jump Tebow pass. jump pass. Right. You're right, it was a jump pass. But yeah, it uh, sealed the game, and I mean, 
that was fun. I was at Bunnies in, uh, in St. Louis Park here, and the place was just going nuts. But even then, I was like, God, why is this game so close? I wasn't like watching the stats or anything. But looking back now, it's just absolutely mind-boggling this game was as close as it was. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird like that to get some garbage time. Because I believe Auburn got kind of a garbage time touchdown, too, after it was. No. No. No, no they never did. They uh, they scored with, let's see here. I'm pulling it up right now. God dang it. It won't do it. There it goes. So they scored with five minutes left in the third quarter to tie it up at 24-24. And then with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, that's when – Morgan hit Johnson on a 73-yard bomb to give him the lead, and then it never was uh, – I don't okay. think Auburn really ever came close to scoring after that again. But, uh, yeah, they were right there the whole time, but it just never felt like they were – they should have been there. I mean, they, were, they only had those – second half, I mean, that was probably the only time they ever moved the ball because after the second quarter, all they did – they got on a 37-yard, like, jump pass is what they got a touchdown. Oh. That's all they got. Other than that, it was kind of their – kick or their kickoff return then nothing until the third quarter when they, they basically had two good drives all day that was it okay yeah it was it's kind of one of them weird games where just minnesota was controlled most of it and then auburn was able to get a couple of big plays just and like, keep like it, keep it that way. last fall last two yep. last two times in iowa city they controlled both games and Fletch just shot himself in the foot both times so tj kind of dropped the one and Heck, if TJ catches that ball on fourth and goal, the Gophers aren't even in the freaking Outback Bowl. They're probably in the Rose Bowl after getting their shit stomped by Ohio State in the championship. <laughs> yeah. So. Who played in the Rose Bowl that year? It was, it was Wisconsin and Oregon. It was Wisconsin. Yep, that's right. Yep. Oh, that was a good good Rose Bowl, too. It was really good. It was a good Rose Bowl. But, yeah, I'm wishing it was it was the Gophers. But, hey, yeah. this is wide open this year, so who knows? It, it really is. I wouldn't I, be surprised if Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, I think, is going to be pretty solid. Yeah. Those four, I think. And who knows? North, Northwestern, they're that weird team, everybody that just sneaks up on everybody. Yeah, they're going to be in. They're going to be in. They'll be in every game. They're a well-coached team. They're yeah. tough. You know Fitzgerald just, will have them ready. I just don't buy Iowa enough because their crossover games are tough. At Ohio State, home versus Michigan, and – I don't think Petrus is good enough. Like no. I don't think he's you have, you have to beat at least one of those two to, to get it to get the win or to get the West. And I don't I don't see it happening. Well, and the other thing too is with Iowa is but they're that weird team. Well, and last year the main reason they were playing in Indianapolis is because they were just able to force turnovers, which mm-hmm. their turnover ratio was incredible. And yeah. I, you don't you don't see a team because turnovers have some luck involved with it too. And Turnovers always seem to kind of be the balance of powers always shift back from, you know, mm-hmm. force a bunch. Cause they're, I mean, and they gave up 42 points to Michigan. Yeah. And lost to was, Purdue again. When's the last time they didn't beat Purdue? Like, they didn't beat them in 20. They didn't beat them in eight, maybe in 19. They didn't beat them when I was at Iowa. I know that. That would have been 2018. That was at home. Okay. Or 17, but. you mean? Because 18 was... Yeah, it would have been, yeah, been fall of 17 because that was my, my second year there. You're right. Yeah. So, we'll see. And it was excited because camp is going to be opening up here shortly along with NFL training camp. We are getting yeah. closer and closer. And we'll do mm-hmm. more previews. We'll preview each conference and each 
for uh, NFL and college as that gets closer. But we'll uh, end this podcast with uh, Ethan's curveball of the week. Oh, I got to go. I wish Grant was oh, here boy. for this one. Uh, all right. We'll give him a chance to answer it next week. Oh, yeah, we will. Yeah, so. uh, would you rather date someone with chronic bad breath or chronic bad body, body, order, body odor? And how many dates do you go before farting in front of them? It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, man. Bad breath or bad body odor? Ooh. I would, I, I, I would, I think I'd rather take someone with bad breath. I think I can handle that, but the constant bo of just sweat and just disgust just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. Nope. Sorry, I'm, I'm, out. I'm right with you, hundred percent. I mean, Mac, my ex had terrible breath, so um, <laughs> yeah, so I did deal with it. It's really not. It's bad, but it's not like god awful. Like you can't stand it. Yeah. Like I feel like a body odor. It might kill you. It, oh yeah, you sit there long enough, it's it gets bad, and then mm-hmm. dates in front of before farting in front of one another. One another. It's a good one. Oh man, that's something that you would have. To, I I think I would wait until it, we'd be official. It would have okay. to be a couple couple of times after we hang out after it's official. I said, I said, I'd go third or fourth date. I mean, if you get to a third or fourth date in this, at this time now, you're doing pretty well and you really have to mess up to, to not be dating at that point anymore. You're just, you're just going to do it. So you test her, see what she does. Yeah, 100%. If you know, if she <laughs> says, like it, that's fine. You know, you move on to the next one. If she does, she's probably farting in front of you a million times. You just don't know it. Or, or she'll try to one up you and fart. Exactly. See, then, <laughs> then you know you got your soulmate. Yeah, that 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 is See, true. So yeah, that so, is. So if you win or go home, there's really not a whole lot in between, <laughs> right? <laughs> game oh, seven, man. Game that, that is true. So, <laughs> well, with that, that's how we'll end it, and we will talk to you next week. Welcome back. Make sure you check out next week's episode as the host of the Roaming Thoughts podcast, Colt Mavity, joins me. Excited to catch up and chat with him. I think you guys will really enjoy our conversation. Check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3GTB Podcast, where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page, where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That'll put a wrap on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball Podcast. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.